welcome to the teaching ministry of Calvary Port St. Lucie. Let's join Executive Pastor Will Price with the message, Sticks and Stones. You're worthless, a nobody. You'll never amount to anything. You're beautiful and talented. You can do anything you set your mind to. You're stupid and nobody likes you. You're loved and you matter to God. Words are powerful. Words evoke emotions. Words remind us of past hurts. And yet, they have the power to propel us into a bright future. God used words to speak humanity into existence. And Satan used words to tempt and bring mankind down. Words have started wars. Words have also been the means to bring about peace. Words, words are, are powerful. powerful. Wow, words truly are powerful, aren't they? And if you think about it, words are one of God's greatest gifts to mankind. And so when we think about words, whether it's spoken words or written words, um, symbols, signs, or even codes, we as human beings have been gifted with this incredible opportunity to transfer information to one another. Research shows that by the age of four, most human beings are able to uh, uh, speak words and to understand spoken words. Research also shows that by age six or seven, most human beings are able uh, to write words and, and understand written words. And then parents, you can identify with this if you have teenagers, but by the age of 13, most teenagers uh, begin to use these things called text messaging devices and they actually lose their ability to speak words. But no, if you think about it, our ability to use words is probably the most common everyday form of communication um, that, that, we, that, that we use as human beings. Uh, words literally permeate every part of who we are and what we do on a day-to-day -day basis. Words really are one of God's greatest gifts to mankind. Now, unfortunately, mankind has learned to misuse the gift of words and the gift of communication, right? God, God gave us words, and, and, and what he meant for good, mankind has turned into a means for evil. When it comes to words, what God meant for building up, Mankind has turned into a way to tear down. What God meant for expressing love, mankind has turned into a method of spreading hate. What God meant for helping, you and I have turned into a form of hurt. Speaking of hurt, there's an old saying that goes like this. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. You heard that before, right? When I was a kid, um, I got bullied a little bit, not much, but I definitely got bullied, and I'm sure many of you can identify with that. Um, but for me, most of the bullying in my life happened um, in elementary school, on the playground, during recess, and uh, there was just this group of guys who made it their squad goal to terrorize anybody who was not in their friend group, okay? And so they would bully me um, with words. Sometimes they would get a little bit physical. 
And for a long time, I, I don't know, I, I just, I felt like I needed to keep it to myself, um, maybe out of fear that, uh, that I, I, you know, it would come back on me and, and, and I would get hurt or things are, would, would, would end up worse for me. But there came a time when I'd had enough, you know? Uh, the, 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 there came a time when the bullying needed to quit, okay? I got, I got tired of it, and I knew that I either needed to, one, take things into my own hands, or two, tell someone. And so what I decided to do was tell someone. And so I approached my mom, and I'll never forget the lesson that she taught me. She sat me down and she said, Will, throughout your life, people are gonna talk about you and they're gonna call you names. But what you need to remember is that sticks and stones might break your bones, but those words will never hurt you. And so, Will, next time those bullies come at you with their ugly words, you tell them that. Tell them sticks and stones may break your bones, but words will never hurt you. And I said, okay, mom. And soon after that, I was on the playground, and those same guys came after me with their ugly words. And, 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 and normally, what I would do is I would just take it, right? I, 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 would, just, I would just take it. And, 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 but this day, things were different. And, and they came at me, and they were making fun of my name. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Will Price. And, and they came at me, and they, they were like, hey, Will, have you ever seen Wheel of Fortune? And I was like, yeah, why? And they were like, because you're more like the Will of Misfortune. <laughs> you guys can laugh at that. That's funny, actually. Like, I can laugh at that. Uh, now that I'm a little bit older and, and you know, it's not a big deal. But they, and they would also make fun of my last name. They're like, hey, you seen The Price is Right? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, The Price is Wrong, you big dork. And I'd had enough, right? And, and I felt empowered <clears throat> by my mom's teaching. And so I got in their face and I said, let me tell you something. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but your words will never hurt me. Unfortunately for me that day, I went home with a black eye. And, and let me be honest with you, I went, I went home with a bruised heart because words do hurt. You see, the reality is that old saying isn't true. On the contrary, I would say that our words are actually a lot like sticks and stones. They can and they do hurt us. And I believe that many of you are here today and you've been hurt by words. Maybe your classmates bullied you. Maybe someone spread gossip about you. Maybe someone slandered your name. Maybe, maybe you were verbally abused by your parents growing up. Or maybe you've been verbally abused by a spouse. Maybe it's your boss, maybe it's your coworkers, but what happens for all of us is that people say things and those things hurt us. And what happens more often than not is that words spoken about us or or, or directly to us have a way of shaping how we think about ourselves and really even who we become. I want you to think of it like this. Words are so powerful that they have the force to set someone's life on course, whether for good or bad, right? Like my friends shared with us earlier, words can build up, but you know what? They can also tear down. They can give life, but they can also bring about death. Words can bring peace, but words can also wage war. Words 
have the force to literally set a life on course. And as we begin to unpack this idea today, what I want you to do is I want you to think about you. You know, I've talked a lot about how people can hurt us with their words, but let's be honest. Oftentimes it's us doing the hurting. And so as we think about this incredible gift of words and communication that God's given us, I want you to ask yourselves this morning, how am I handling this gift of communication, this gift of words? How am I doing in the area of relationships? Am I handling this gift with care or am I being careless with the things that I say? Am I using words for the purposes that God's given me or am I allowing Satan to hijack my tongue and use it for his schemes? Would you pray with me? Father, as we think about words, as we think about this incredible gift of communication and, and relationships, I just pray, word of God, speak. Lord, that you would open our eyes to the areas in our lives where we may be losing with our words. God, I pray that we would leave today changed, empowered, compelled to choose words wisely, to use words for your purposes, and to not allow the devil to get a foothold with our tongues. We pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. So God gave us this incredible gift of communication, right? And words have a lot of power. So much so that our words can literally set a life on course. Now, unfortunately for all of us, there's a big problem when it comes to our words. And the book of James has some things to say about the words that we speak. The book of James has some things to say about our tongues that is really um, a little bit, well, actually a lot unsettling. Um, And so if you have a, a Bible, go ahead and turn to the book of James. We're gonna be in chapter three today. Before we get there, I just wanna tell you I love the book of James. Uh, For one, um, James is considered by many people to be like the Proverbs of the New Testament because it's literally full of so much wisdom. And uh, and not only that, but um, it's also just a really good practical guide for Christian life. And so if you would consider yourself new to this whole God thing, um, maybe you just um, came to faith or Um, you're checking this whole God thing out, trying to figure out if it's for you. I I highly recommend James. Um, It's just such a good practical guide uh, to help us in our Christian life. Um, But you know, one of the biggest reasons I love James is because it was written by the brother of Jesus. Um, How cool is that, right? We, we, We have here in front of us words from the brother of Jesus Christ himself. And Something interesting about James is that he was not a follower of his brother Jesus originally. Um, Apparently, um, 
he really struggled with the idea that his brother was God, which I'm sure most of us can relate to. How many of you have a brother? How many of you would have a hard time if your brother said that he was God and that you should follow him? <laughs> right? We would probably laugh hysterically and, and probably punch our brother in the arm. Um, but, you know, James had a hard time believing in and following his brother Jesus. And in fact, it wasn't until after Jesus was crucified and then raised back to life that James believed. Uh, but he became a believer nonetheless and um, actually went to be one of the most incredible leaders in the early church. And he wrote the book that we're looking at today. So in chapter three, starting in verse seven, James tells us about this huge problem that we have concerning the tongue. He says, for every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature, can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind. And you know, when I think about animals and um, animals being tamed, I can't help but think of my dog. Um, like many of you, I, we, my family has a dog, her name's Zoe. Um, but she's six years old and she's a golden retriever and she's just awesome. Like we, we love our dog. Um, she can sit, she can roll over, she can shake, uh, she can speak on command, um, she potties outside. Uh, you know, she's, she's tame. And, and, and we, we the, you know, it's interesting to me, we, we can tame animals as big as bears. And then I've seen, you know, these like flea shows. Like we could tame bugs as small as fleas. And James points that out. But then he says this, he says, but no one can tame the tongue. We can tame animals all day long, but no one can tame the tongue. In other words, none of us can control the things that we say. Now, in the same passage, James further illustrates this problem of the tongue by saying this. He says that though the tongue is a small part of the body, it makes great boasts. He says it's like a fire and a world of evil that defiles the whole person. He says that it's set on fire by hell, which means that Satan himself uses it as a tool. He goes on to say that the tongue is an unrestrainable evil and full of deadly poison. But what I want you to understand about this passage is that the main point is that, look, God's given us this incredible gift of, of the tongue and the ability to communicate and the ability to use words, but no one can get control of it. No one can tame their tongue. And what I want you to realize this morning is that this actually goes back to the very beginning of time when God created the earth and put people on it. Okay, you guys remember the story of Adam and Eve, right? God put Adam and Eve in the garden. And what did he tell them? He said, he said I, just, I just want you to stay away from that one tree, right? Don't, don't eat the fruit from that one tree. But what did they do? They ate the fruit. And so God confronted them about eating the fruit, and here's what Adam said. Adam said, you know what, God? That woman that you gave me made me do it, right? And so from the very beginning of time, right off the bat, humankind was using its tongue in an uncontrollable way, right? God, the, the woman you gave me made me do it. <laughs> like, it was in that moment right there that Adam 
sinned. He, he, he used his tongue to not only lie, but cast blame on somebody else and slander God's name. Right? And, and so from the very beginning of time, we've been struggling to keep control of our mouths. And um, you know what it really boils down to is this thing called our sin nature. What you have to understand is that when Adam sinned, God imputed or transferred Adam's sin nature onto all of us. And so we are natural born sinners. And the thing is that our sin nature comes with tendencies like hatred and anger and jealousy and pride and bitterness. And what happens is we allow our tongues to become instruments that allows those sinful tendencies to come out in words. Does that make sense? Are you following me this morning? Okay, so for example, someone pulls out in front of you on St. Lucie West and what do you do? You curse them. Probably not here, that's Saturday night service people. Um, Or maybe you find out that your friend is gossiping about you, and so what do you do? You go on social media and you make a passive-aggressive post about them. Or, or your sibling makes you mad, and so you give them a tongue lashing, right? You, there, there's a verbal assault there that just comes spewing out of your mouth, right? See, see God gave us this incredible gift of the tongue and, and this incredible opportunity to use words to to transfer information and to communicate with one another. And he meant it for good, but the problem is we have a sin nature. And out of that sin nature, we end up using this gift for evil. Now, the question is, what can we do about it? Is there anything that we can do about it? Because really, like, When we read James here, it's a little bit frustrating because in verse eight, he says that, you know, we're kind of stuck with this, right? Like, hey, listen, James is like, listen, no one can control their tongue. It's, It's full of evil. It's completely out of control. No one can do anything about this. But then in verse 10, he says, listen, it shouldn't be like this. You need to fix it. And so it puts us in this very frustrating situation where We can't control our tongues, but it shouldn't be like this, right? And so what I wanna do this morning is I wanna answer that question. What are we supposed to do about this this tongue that is out of control? And And I really believe that God's speaking to some people today. Because some of you are in relationships and they're toxic and it's because of the words that you're using and that they're using. Some of, you, some of you are at odds with coworkers and with bosses, and, and it's because of words that have been spoken. Some of your marriages are falling apart, and it's because you can't keep control of your mouth, and you feel like, what am I supposed to do? It just comes out, right? And so what I wanna do this morning is I wanna make three observations concerning the tongue, and, and really what I want you to walk away with is, is an understanding and a belief that you can actually win with your words. Turn to the person next to you and say, you can win with your words. 
Listen, despite your sin nature, despite the tendencies you have in your life to get angry and to hate and to be jealous and to be bitter, despite all of that, you can actually win with your words. Listen to me, if, you've, if you're here today and you've been hurt by words or if you've hurt someone else with your words, I want you to know that things can get better. They really can. You're not in a lose-lose situation when it comes to your mouth, okay? You can start winning. It's just gonna take some life application from God's word, all right? So if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. This is your first point. When it comes to your words, you can try this on your own and lose, or you can ask God for help and win. You can try this on your own and lose, or you can ask God for help and win. Ladies and gentlemen, controlling your tongue is too big for you to handle. And, and honestly, <clears throat> I struggled with this a little bit writing this message because I wanted to come up with all these like really cool points about how we can control our tongue. But I gotta tell you, I really just kind of landed on this one here in a lot of ways because we can talk about controlling our tongue all we want and we can have all these great ideas and read books and all this kind of stuff, but without the power of God behind it, it's useless, okay? You can try this on your own and lose or you can ask God for help and win, okay? Guys, think about this with me. I'm talking to the men. Okay, let's say that you have some, uh, a baseboard or some trim come loose in your house, and you wanna use um, an air gun to get that stuff nailed down. That'd be a great idea, you should do that. The loose trim can hurt somebody. Um, but you do know that without the right power behind that nail gun, accomplishing that task is not gonna happen, right? You, you need an air compressor, right? You need the right power behind an air gun uh, to, to be able to accomplish the task. And what I would say to you this morning is the same is true with our tongue. If we wanna accomplish the task of, of controlling our tongue, it, it, it's really not up to us it, it, it's, it's not something that we can do in and of ourselves. We gotta have the right power behind it or else we will fail, okay? And, and I'm just gonna be honest with you. This is like one of the most basic principles of spiritual growth, okay? It's, it's coming to the place where you admit that you're not good enough and that you don't have what it takes to do this whole God thing and that you need his help. It, it's, a, it's a basic thing about spiritual growth that I feel like some of us are not even aware of when it comes to the words that we're using in our relationships. But we have to understand this morning, God is the one who gave us the gift, God is the one who designed our tongues, and without him, we can't do it. Write this down. I can't control my words, but the Holy Spirit can. I can't control my words, but the Holy Spirit can. Listen, as with so many things in life, whether it's addictions, strongholds, habits, hangups that we have going on in life, listen, we can't kick this stuff on our own. 
But the good news is, with God's help, we can. With God's help, we can. Matthew 19, 26 says it this way. With men, this is impossible. But with God, how many things are possible? All things are possible, and that includes your tongue. Listen, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you if you are a follower of Jesus Christ. What's interesting, though, is that while the Holy Spirit can live inside of us, we can, we can miss it. We can not be tapping into it. And the result is sin. The result is a powerless life. But the Holy Spirit lives inside of us, and he can control that tongue of ours. But you gotta start listening for the Holy Spirit. Because I can tell you from my own life, a lot of times what the Holy Spirit does is he will convict me when I let my tongue slip. And, and, and while that conviction might be painful, what I know is that it is designed to propel me into repentance. And you know what repentance does? Repentance drives us to lean more and more on the Spirit of God. Repentance drives us to yield to the Holy Spirit in those situations that we feel like we just can't. Repentance moves us away from our sin nature and towards obedience. And the more and more that we tap into the Holy Spirit, what, what, what happens is the Spirit takes control of our lives and that includes our tongues and the words we say. And so listen, next time you're faced with a situation where you feel like you're about to lose control and you feel like you're about to say something that you shouldn't say, the next time you're in a situation where you really wanna gossip or even wanna listen to that gossip, next time you're in a situation where you wanna lash out, just remember, left to yourself, you're gonna lose. I, I can't control my words, but the Holy Spirit can. And I just encourage you in that moment, take a second and pray for the Holy Spirit to invade everything that you are and help you use words for God's purposes and not Satan's schemes, okay? I can try this without God and lose or I can ask him for help and win. And just a side note, and I want you to write this down, Galatians 5, 16 through 26. Galatians 5, 16 through 26. It's that passage all day, folks. If you wanna be led by the Spirit, read that passage of Scripture right there. It's one of my favorite passages of Scripture, and I'll just tell you uh, as a personal testimony, every day of my life, I wake up, and one of the first things that I do is I go to the Lord in prayer, ask Him for forgiveness, I confess my sin, I ask him to renew a right spirit within me, I ask him to fill me with his spirit, I specifically ask for the fruit of the spirit, and I can tell you, I'm not perfect, but I can tell you, it really helps me in my interactions with people and the words that I choose to use.
so I can try this without God and lose, or I can ask God for help and win. Here's your second point. When it comes to our words and this incredible gift of communication that God's given us, we can tear down with those words and lose, or we can choose to build up and win. Proverbs 12, 18 says this. It says, careless words stab like a sword, but wise words bring healing. Careless words stab like a sword, but wise words bring healing. I see two, two of my good friends right here. We, we went to Nepal um, a few years back, and uh, while we were there, we found these, um, these little daggers. And we, we just fell in love with them. We, we bought a whole bunch of them. And um, I see my friends there that went with us as well. There's probably other people. Um, but we, we bought these little, these, little, these little daggers. And um, what the scripture is saying here is that, that words that tear down are like those little daggers that just, they just stab over and over and over again. And they cause pain. And it, it really goes back to that old saying that, that we talked about earlier that, you know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. It's just not true, right? Words do hurt. Words can tear people down. They can stab like a sword. And what I want you to know this morning is that when you allow Satan to take control of your tongue like that and tear people down, not only are they losing, but you're losing too. Using words that tear down is just a lose-lose situation. And, 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 it, and it's not supposed to be like that. James says it. This should not be this way. Instead, we need to be building up with our words. Right? Building up with words, uh, uh, using words carefully chosen, it really honestly is a way for everyone to win, and I think it's what God is calling us to this morning. There's another proverb that I like, and it goes like this. It says, proverb, uh, pleasant words are a honeycomb. It's Proverbs 16, 24. Pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Maybe you've heard, but um, honey's kind of a big deal in the health world right now. Raw honey. Uh, people use it for various health reasons, but one of the biggest reasons is, is just a great alternative to um, sugar. Uh, we use it in our house. It works great. Um, it truly is sweet to the soul. Um, but I love what the verse says here. It says that not only is it, is it sweet to the soul, but it's healing to the bones. It's healing to the bones. And my wife has been telling me this for years, that uh, raw honey is good for healing. And, and you could research it, and you'll find that um, people use it to uh, prevent allergies, it, it helps stabilize blood pressure, uh, prevents allergies, uh, what else? It, it uh, relieves pain, helps colds, strengthens our immune system, all these different health advantages, right? And so Solomon, I think, recognized that thousands of years ago, and, and so that's why he made this comparison here. He said it's sweet to the soul and, it, and it's healing to the bones, Right? Words that build up are, are like that. They will do that for people. Words that build up, words carefully chosen um, can bring emotional health to people. It can energize people. 
It, it, can, it can make people better. Ladies and gentlemen, words are powerful and they literally have the power to heal. And so I wanna challenge you with something this morning. I want you to just try this this week and see if it doesn't make a difference in your relationships. You ready? I wanna challenge you to say one kind word to every person that you come in contact with this week. Maybe say something like, hey, I really appreciate the way you treated me yesterday. Or maybe say something like, hey, I really like the way that you do this. It's really awesome, it's really cool, I just wanna encourage you. Or, or, hey, you know what? I want you to know that you matter to God. I wanna challenge you with that. Just give it a shot this, this week. Just do that in all of your relationships. Instead of, instead of tearing down, choose to build up and see what God does in those relationships. Here's the bottom line. You can tear down with your words and lose, or you can build up and win. Here's your third point. You can be bitter and lose, or you can forgive and win. And really this point here has to do with words that are said to us. And, and I'm sure that many of you could, could share story after story after story of just this last week of things that were said to you or said about you um, that have really hurt you. And what happens so many times is that we allow those words to fester and it leads to bitterness, right? And, and, and what bitterness does is bitterness has a way of leading you into the worst case scenario in every situation that you're faced with with that person that hurt you, right? Bitterness puts you on guard. It keeps you looking for that, that next piece of ammo that you can use to fight back. Okay, and listen, I understand that, that words can really hurt and that forgiving people is very difficult to do, but can I just tell you what happens so many times? This has happened in my life. I'm sure it's happened in your life, but what happens so many times is someone will say something to you and, and you'll feel immediately like, hey, I deserve an apology, but you won't say anything. And, and, and the problem is many times that the person that said the thing to you doesn't realize how bad they hurt you. And so while you're sitting in your bedroom pouting and upset about what the person said, they're out having fun, right? Because they have no idea how bad they hurt you. But there you are pouting, you're letting the wound fester, you're getting worse and worse, and, and, and what happens is you just become very bitter towards that person. And what I wanna tell you this morning, if you're bitter towards somebody, Paul tells us that you gotta get rid of it. In Ephesians 4.31, he says, get rid of that. Get rid of bitterness, get rid of rage, get rid of anger. Brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. I gotta tell you, that verse is a pretty good summary of how I feel sometimes when somebody hurts me with their words, right? Bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, malice. Let's just take each word here. I mean, that, that bitterness that we feel sometimes, it's, it's that, that, that 
feeling, that emotion that you don't even wanna be around the person anymore because all you can think about is the offense and you hold it against them, right? Some of you are feeling that today towards someone. Others of you are, 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 are feeling rage, right? You just wanna lash out and make the situation even more worse than it was before. You don't even care because they hurt you and now you're gonna hurt them. Some of you are angry today because the more and more you replay those words that that person said to you, the angrier you get. And for some of you, it leads to brawling, right? You, you just wanna fight the person. And, and maybe you have, maybe you've gotten physical or maybe someone's gotten physical with you. Or maybe for you today, it's slander. Someone hurt you, and what you did is you went and you tried to rally all your friends to try to get back at them for the nasty thing that they said to you. Or maybe for you, it's malice, right? You just wanna be mean and hateful with your words. Paul says, we gotta get rid of this. Yes, that's how your flesh wants to respond. Yes, how th that's how your sin nature wants to rear its ugly head. Paul says we gotta get rid of this. As Christians, we have to handle this differently. We can't let things build up. We can't revert back to our old sin nature. Instead, what we need to do, Paul says, is we need to forgive each other. We need to forgive each other. He says, instead, let's be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgiving each other, and I love this, just as in Christ God forgave you. Let me ask you something. You ever pass by the woods after a forest fire? Looks pretty bad, doesn't it? Everything's cleared out, there's just smoke rising, everything's just kind of charred. Looks terrible. Did you know that sometimes the forestry service will actually create forest fires on purpose? It's called a controlled burn. And even though it looks bad in the moment while everything's burning, in the aftermath, that same area eventually becomes better and stronger and able to handle bigger, hotter fires that might come later. Now, I want you to think about your life right now and the words that have burned you. For some of you, you've, you've been burned by words and your heart feels like it's charred, right? Someone said something about you, someone said something to you and it hurt. What I want you to understand this morning is that you don't have to stay that way because just like a controlled burn you can begin to grow stronger and better and start experiencing growth and life, but what you need to understand is that the key is forgiveness. It's forgiveness. You see, the concept of forgiveness is essentially what happens after a controlled burn, right? The forest begins to grow again, but with less chance of being devastated by a bigger, hotter fire. After a controlled burn, uh, newer, better vegetation forms, right? There's growth and there's life. And I want you to know this morning, the same can be true for you when you forgive people who have burned you with their words. 
right? We, we practice forgiveness and suddenly we grow as a person. And you know what? Oftentimes the relationship is better than it was before. And the next time a situation comes up, it doesn't devastate you as bad as the first one. So I want you to think about it like this. When you forgive, it helps you grow and it helps you live. All right, what's the point here? It's that you can be bitter and lose or you can choose to forgive and the result is growth and the result is life. And by the way, do you realize that when you forgive, you're being just like Jesus? Do you realize that? When someone hurts you with their words, you have the incredible opportunity to extend the same love and grace that God extends to you when you hurt him with your sin, right? What does he do? He forgives you over and over and over and over again. And the result for you is life and it's growth. And Paul says, we need to do that for other people. Forgive each other just as in Christ, God forgives you over and over and over again. You may be thinking, Pastor Will, you don't realize what she said about me. You wouldn't believe the things that they're, they're saying. He said, she said, listen, in no way and what I am, in no way does what I'm saying um, negate or discredit your frustration or feelings over the words that have been said to you, okay? What I am saying, though, is no matter how bad the offense was, you can be set free from it, okay? That's the power of forgiveness. L listen to this. God's forgiveness set us free from the penalty and the power of death, of sin, right? God's, listen to this, this is so good. God's forgiveness set you free from the penalty and the power of sin and your forgiveness that you extend to others will set you free from the power and the penalty of their hurtful words. That's the power of forgiveness. Okay, so, so listen, you can't control someone else's words, but you can choose to forgive and the result is growth and the result is life. And so let me just encourage you guys as we kind of close out here. Um, if you've been burned by someone, someone, if you've been hurt by someone's words, I wanna challenge you today, make it a point today, maybe just, maybe this week, Take some time to identify who and what needs to be forgiven in your life, okay? Why are you hurting today? What was said about you that's bothering you? Who hurt you? Okay, take some time this week to identify what needs to be forgiven. And then I wanna tell you this, it's time to bury the hatchet. It's time to bury the hatchet. You know, long, long ago, Native Americans would get into these brutal fights. But the fighting couldn't last forever, right? Too much, too much damage would be done. Um, they would get tired of all the fighting. And so what they would do is they would 
bury their weapons to indicate that the conflict was over. It was a way of agreeing to a time of peace and it was like saying, listen, I don't need my weapons anymore. The hurting is over. And what I would say to you this morning is that that's what some of you need to do with your spouse. That's what some of you need to do with your brother or your sister. That's what some of you need to do with that friend that you haven't spoken to in forever but that you talk about a lot. You need to bury the hatchet. Lay down the weapons of the tongue and instead choose to forgive. Tell the person who offended you or that you offended, listen, we don't need the weapons anymore. The hurting is over. I forgive you. Would you forgive me? Remember, you are never more like Jesus than when you forgive. My friend says it this way. Your struggle to forgive is really just your struggle to be more like Jesus. So in closing, let me just summarize everything and then I wanna just share some scriptures with you. So our ability to communicate with one another is really an incredible gift from God. Sadly, and all too often, we use that gift to hurt people. And while we may not be able to fully control our tongues, the Holy Spirit can. So we need to lean into his presence. And while we can't control the words of others, what we can do is we can choose to forgive, and that always equals growth, and it always equals life. Proverbs 18, 21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. Ephesians 4, 29 says, let no corrupt talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. Proverbs 12, 18 says, there is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Proverbs 15.1, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Proverbs 16.24, gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. Proverbs 21.23, whoever keeps his mouth and his tongue keeps himself out of trouble. And then finally, Colossians 4.6, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Thank you guys so much for listening today.